0: A knuckle bump. Tell them, man, I love God. <laughs> How many of you love God? Hey, Amen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we, we you know, we kind of act like loving God's for w- weird people or something. No, I love God. Hey, Amen. I better get over here on my notes. I won't even get to them. I don't need to. You know, the holiday thing is uh, uh, is tough for me because you know, holiday messages. That's not really my flow. You know. Uh, but uh, this season, God's really stirring in my spirit to just stay focused. He's going to do something. There's some things. You know, this is a very important season to us. You know, as a believer, this is a very, very, very important season. And uh, and so, and man, I t- I'm going to try really hard to just, okay, here I am. Okay. How many of you know that in the in the next few weeks, there's going to be a lot of gift giving? Huh? Some of you are hoping, yeah. In the next few weeks, there's going to be a lot of gifts that are given. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and looking for stuff to use for the holidays. I found this, and I liked it. This is two men talking about what they were going to give their wives for Christmas. You might want to use this. And uh, uh, the two men talking to each other, and he said, one of them said to his friend, he said, you know, I've decided what I'm going to give my wife for Christmas. I'm going to wrap up myself and give myself to my wife. And his friend looked at him and said, yeah. I wasn't thinking about giving my wife much this year either. (laughs) I like that. Okay, it's moving on. A lot of gifts going to be given. Think about it. Some of them in five minutes you will have eaten them. They're gone. Uh, Some toys will last about as long as the battery life. Some of us, well, I'm going to give heirlooms. Yeah, but you know what? There's going to come a point in time that even those are going to be gone. There's only one gift that you can give or receive this year that will last forever. Simeon in the Bible, he's lifting up the baby Jesus in Luke 2.30 and he said, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation is the only gift that will hold its value forever. Salvation. What does it mean? Well, you know, if we salvage a ship, it means that we have rescued it from ruin. Isn't that what's happened in your life through salvation? You've been rescued from ruin. I think there's three things today that I want to talk about in regards to salvation. We have these three. I hope you write them down. Salvation from sin, salvation from death, and salvation from hopelessness little boy wrote a letter to Santa. He said, Dear Santa, there are three boys in this house. Alan is good some of the time. Ryan is good most of the time. Norman, he's good all of the time. Love, Norman. How many you know that none of us are Normans? None of us are good all the time. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We all need salvation. We've got Foul ups and slip ups, and we have messed up over and over again. And there's a lot of people that their back is literally against the wall because of the mistakes that they've made in life, living with regrets and living with under guilt and shame. And many struggle with mistakes in their marriage and mistakes in their finances, and they're dealing with mistakes, sexuality, and parenting, and in substance abuse and. All wishing they could go back and maybe do something different, but I think this is why the shepherds in Luke 2:10, they said the angel said to them, uh, "Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Say all people. Look at verse 11, "There is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. He's born a savior. Before the birth of Jesus, the father of John the Baptist said in regards to Jesus in Luke 1, he said that he was sent to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sin. The knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sin. You need to have the knowledge of forgiveness. But you don't understand the mistakes I've made. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. None. There's nothing to be held over you. But you don't understand. I've, I've made some huge mistakes. I've cheated. I've lied. I've had an affair. I took something that didn't belong to me. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Christmas card reads, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If the world's greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If the world's greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If the world's greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But the world's greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent a Savior. There is no condemnation. He saves us from our sin. He remembers them no more Jesus is the Savior and we've been saved from sin and we've been saved from death I don't know if your house is anything like ours but the decorations are going up got lights on the trees the wreaths are hanging we have to blow up Santa with Harley riding a Harley got one of those yet It won't be long, though, till all of that stuff goes right back in the box. For a few weeks, we're going to hear the music. For a few weeks, the lights are going to shine. For a few weeks, the ornaments will glitter. For a few weeks, mangers will set out in front yards. Then it's all going back in the box. One man said it this way. He said, if life boils down to one significant thing, it boils down to moving. To live is to keep moving. Moving. I got to thinking about that this week. To live is to keep moving. If, if you stop, you think about it. If you're not growing your marriage, it's going to die. If you're not growing your finances, you're going broke. If you're not growing your business, you're going under. You, to keep moving, to keep moving. But there's a part of moving that just isn't right. You know, the boxes. Don't you hate moving from one house to another? I hate moving. You know, when you're moving, you're always, no matter what you're doing, you're looking for boxes. You're driving down the street past stores and you're wondering, where are all the boxes? You go into Costco, what do you do? Yeah, I'll take some bunch of boxes. Every place you go, you're looking for the boxes. You go to a funeral, everybody else is crying, they're weeping, you're staring at the casket. Ew. That's a nice box. <laughs> wonder where he got that box. Death really is really is just a big move. The hearse—that's your moving van. The pallbearers; those are your best friends, the only ones you could get to help with a move like that. The casket—the ultimate box you've been searching for your entire life. Think about it. There's coming a time when everything's going back in the box: the houses, the cars, the titles, the position. You're. Your financial portfolio, it's going to be gone. And you, there you're going to be. You know, what's happened? Everything goes back in the box. A businessman's out for a run, feels a pain in his chest. And in a moment, everything's back in the box. A couple of teenagers in a car miss a stop sign. And in an instant, it all goes back in the box. A patient lying on a hospital bed and the doctor says... There's nothing we can do. And in an instant, it all goes back in the box. Like I said, eventually, the house, the car, the clothes, the bank accounts, all go back in the box. There's going to come a point that there's going to be a two-word question concerning that moment that we'll have to answer. Then what? Well, I guess I'm going to heaven. How do you know? Well, I go to the garden almost every week. I gave till one day. I adopted a family. I even joined Rotary. For a lot of people, they're going to be disappointed because salvation from death isn't found in any of that. Salvation from death is found in Jesus Christ. Romans six twenty three says, The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The gift. Everybody say the gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. You don't do anything to earn the gift. You have to receive the gift. We need to understand that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead. He defeated death. It's the greatest victory that was ever won. And salvation brings that gift to us. We have salvation from sin, salvation from death, and one more thing. You know, every week we talk with people, we minister to people, who are dealing with all types of situations and circumstances, who's literally backed up against a wall. There's nowhere to turn. We are encouragement for them is that they never give in to fear, that they never get negative, that they adopt the Moses plan. Moses' plan was fear not, stand firm, and expect God's help. Many people have so many things going on, they're hammered. And that's why I'm really thankful that salvation isn't just from sin, it's not just from death, but it's also from hopelessness. If I didn't believe that, I'd quit preaching. Have you ever even looked at the Christmas story and the amount of people involved in that story who were immersed in trouble? Joseph was troubled over hearing his fiance was pregnant. Mary was troubled over the news that the Holy Spirit had made her that way. The shepherds were troubled because they were, they were the lowest rung of society. No one cared about them. Joseph and Mary were also troubled when they learned that their newborn son had been placed on a hit list by Herod, and they had to flee for their lives to a foreign country. The Bible says that Jesus himself was troubled. He was a man of sorrows. It's interesting to note that Jesus' favorite title for himself was not the Son of God. Twenty-eight times in Matthew alone, he referred to himself as the Son of Man because he came to be a servant to man and to bring salvation to man. He didn't come to earth to spend a few days and then escape back to the safety of heaven. He wasn't here just to check it out, but he took on life, all of it. He was born of a woman, born in a barn. His parents were on the run. He knew what it was to hurt. He knew what it was to be betrayed by the closest to him. He knew what it was to be abandoned by those who were supposed to have your back. So when we hurt, he understands. When we're tempted, he was tempted in every way. When we're filled with grief, he wept too. When we're lonely, he had no place to lay his head. You could be in a hard season right now, and for a lot of people, this is the toughest season of the year. Some people will leave this service, go out to the parking lot and watch families load up into minivans, and inside, that's going to hurt. Some have illness in their body and wonder if they'll make it to 2013. Some are going through their very first holiday season alone. Some thought that this would be the first Christmas with a little baby around the tree, but a miscarriage has robbed you of that opportunity. Some have empty chairs at the table this year. Some are having a tough time in marriage. Tough time dealing with people that they have unresolved conflict with. Dealing with ex-wives or new spouses that are helping raise your child. But if I'm talking about you today, I want to remind you that that baby in a manger understands. He came to give you salvation from hopelessness. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles for verse 18 says for we don't look at that which is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal because of this gift of salvation from hopelessness can i just remind you that what you're dealing with is not going to last forever that is only temporary and because of this gift you and i have something eternal Something that will last forever. Salvation from hopelessness. It doesn't mean that we're going to pretend that the pain of our current situation isn't real. It just means that we're going to remember that there's a God who loves us. That there's a God who cares. That there's a God who understands. And there's a God who will make sure that this is only temporary. There's a man by the name of Nicholas Waldersdorf. He teaches at Yale, and he wrote a book about his son, Eric, who died at the age of 25, a mountain climbing accident. The book's called Lament for a Son. He writes about suffering as a father. He wrote this. He said, It is said of God that no one could behold his face and live. And I always thought that that meant that no one could see God's splendor and live. But a friend said, Perhaps that means that no one could see God's sorrow and live. Or perhaps that God's sorrow is His splendor. Maybe the greatest thing about God is that He would choose to suffer with us when He did not have to. I know you feel like your heart's been broken, but consider the heart of God, who it is His will that none should perish, but that all would have eternal life. But consider the masses that are perishing. Look at what's been taken from God. God understands our loss. And so He sent us a Savior to give us salvation from hopelessness. There's a couple of things that we need to do because now that we understand the gift, we've got to ask the question, what are we going to do with it? Well, the first thing is that you have to receive the gift. You have to receive the gift. God purchased the gift with the life of His only Son. He wrapped the gift. It was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothing. And he offers the gift. For unto you is born a Savior. For unto you, and you, and you, and you. For unto you is born a Savior. You have to receive the gift. You might have already prepared a special gift or got something in mind that you're going to get. But wouldn't it bother you just a little bit if you spent time, effort, resource? You found the perfect gift for someone and you gave it to them and only to find out later that they just carried it home and set it in a corner, forgotten that you had even given. Wouldn't it irritate you just a little bit if you did everything that you could because you just wanted to connect to that person and they ignored your gift? Can I challenge you today? Accept the gift accept the gift. Don't live as if the gift hasn't been given because it has been. Unto you a gift is given. Look at John 1.12. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right, the power to become the children of God. You have to receive Him. Believing in Jesus, believing that He was born, that He lived a perfect life, that He died and that He rose again, all to bring you salvation from sin, death and hopelessness. You have to receive the gift. The second thing I want to challenge you to do today is to worship the gift. You received it. Oh, I received the gift. Well, yet now you have to worship it. Think about it. Last year, you're on death row. You're scheduled to die. They're taking your life, and you know you're guilty. But Somebody about Christmas time comes along, and they get you off. They get you pardoned. They not only get you pardoned, but when they release you from the prison gates, they're there to pick you up. And they take you home. And they set you up. And he gets you an account and he says everything that you need is covered. The Bible says that he has given us everything that we need to live a life that's pleasing to God. All things that pertain to life and godliness we have received. He set us up. Could you imagine, though, last year you're on death row, no hope, but now you're set free, you're picked up, you're taken in, you, you're covered. And we run into you this year and we ask, hey, that, you know your friend who, who got you off, who, who got you pardon, you know your friend who, 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 who brought you home, what's he been doing lately? And you say, I don't, I, I'm not really sure. Well, what do you mean you're not really sure? What's he been up to? You know, I haven't been spending a lot of time with him this year. Why? I was just, you know, I'm just kind of busy. Got a lot of stuff going on and you know, it's hard to work it all into the schedule. I mean, if somebody had set you up and given you like 10 million bucks, we'd think you, you were crazy. That you would, you've disconnected, you you've disconnected your relationship with that guy cuz you got busy. You do understand that the gift that God's given you is worth way more than 10 million bucks. Well, I received him. Yeah, but you got to worship him. You got to worship him. You got you to gotta celebrate that gift. Well, yeah, but he hasn't done much for me this year. Are you nuts? You wouldn't have it this year if it hadn't been for what he did back there. You know what happens to us to a lot of us we, we kind of come to church like, like we're going to the movies. suddenly we're Siskel and Ebert we 're going to decide how many thumbs up and thumbs down we're going to give it. You know we, we even get so cocky as to write in a few critiques and see if we can be a change maker like that's going to work. you know think about it you, you, do you really think that that's how the shepherds responded when they had been just See Jesus. I can't imagine them walking away and and one of them saying to the other one, well, you know what? I don't know. I just didn't enjoy that too much today. Joseph, it wasn't really practical. I don't understand how it impacts my life. And honestly, it was kind of boring. And did you see what Mary was wearing? Oh, my God. How out of place was that? And I got in there, and, and to be honest with you, it's a little too crowded for me. The place was full of animals. And the, the, the smell of hay and the stench of manure. I didn't like it. And then the angels. Oh, my God, the angels. They start singing, and I'm going to tell you something. That's just way too stinking loud. When are they going to turn that down? And what's up with those lights? What do they think? They're, they're rock stars or something? I can't imagine it. Say, you know what? You know what really got it? What really took it from me was when that baby started crying. You really think? No, man. The Bible says that they left rejoicing. Then they went and told everybody everything they had heard and seen. You got to worship the gift. I've been too busy. We've been too stupid. We've been too blinded. Look at Luke 20, 2-20. It says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Man, worship the gift. Lastly, you need to share the gift. Look at Luke two seventeen. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had done. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They told everybody. They had a gift, and the gift needed to be shared. You know, think about this season that we're in. We're, we're set up. It's so easy. Do you understand that the, the, the holiday season, this is, is, is the easiest season of the entire year to share Jesus. There are more received invitations to attend church with friends during the holiday season than any other time of the year. You do realize that you have some friends who their back is up against the wall. They need a savior. They need, to be, they need a Savior from sin, from death, and from hopelessness. Some of your friends are waiting on you to share the gift. To share the gift. You walk around the stores and there's people who don't believe in God who have it all set up to celebrate the birth of a Savior that they don't believe in. How easy could this be? How easy could this be? Man, all you got to do is walk up to somebody and say, dude, I love the holidays. You want to know why? Because, you know, if you ask that question, if I ask you, man, you want to know why I love the holidays? He says, why? (laughs) Why? Because he's not rude. Only a rude guy would say, no, not really. Thanks. See you later. (laughs) And I guarantee you, he doesn't want me to ask him that question. But he's still polite enough to say, "Why?" <laughs> huh? No matter where you go, how easy is it to share this gift? Every time you stop, you know, you're pumping gas, where are they going to go? They're standing out there too. I love the holidays when I know why. No, they they're there. Because of all that God has done for me. How easy is this? You know, I you, you know, I, I think sometimes I think sometimes I don't know what has happened to us. We're so caught up in our stuff, so caught up in our schedule. You know, I get it. It's kind of tough. You know, if you got kids and they're in sports and you're running, and you're going, But we're not talking about, you know, somebody bought you a latte. We're talking about a God who gave you a savior. And when we get to the point that we don't care about people who are far from God. When we stop loving people who are far from God. When we stop reaching out to people who are far from God. When we stop sharing our resource to touch the lives of people who are far from God. When we stop praying for people who are far from God. We've become people who are far from God. At that point, you need to recognize something. It's time to reopen the gift. We need to receive the gift. We need to worship that gift. We need to share the gift. We need to take this life that God's given us and we need to get it outside these walls. One thing to come in here and sing and worship. It's another thing to go outside and tell somebody, you should see what God's done for me. you got to share the gift. Amen. I want you to close your book and bow your head. I want to pray for you. The first thing is to receive the gift. And maybe you're here today and